epic tales of mystery and magic to accounts of battle and empire from the verses of ancient poets to the masterpieces of our times a light on literature brings to life China's literary heritage and a look at the world in a new light Hi, I'm Huang Rei. On today's A Light on Literature, we begin by presenting the book The Sound of Salt Forming, Short Stories by the Post-80s Generation in China, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. In today's episode, we present you the first part of the story under the same name of the book, written by Wang Weilian, and translated by Stephen Day. The author, Wang Weilian, was born in Qinghai Province in 1982. He graduated from Sun Yat-sen University in 2004. His major works include the novel The Rescued and short story Upside Down Life. Enjoy! It was 4 p.m. when I emerged from the plant and looked at the bright white salt flats spreading all around to the ends of the earth. I wanted to cry. Recently, this impulse was becoming more and more frequent. I had just received a phone call from Ting. He said he was going to Tibet and would pass by here. He wanted to see me. Never had anyone made a special trip just to see me. They all passed through and dropped by in passing. I had long gotten used to it. Even if one was just passing through, this place was difficult enough. I walked over to the steps in front of the door of the lab and sat down. From the loudspeaker on the roof, the safety rules were being broadcast in great detail. Xiaoling's voice was no longer as pleasant as when we had first met. Her voice was coarse and harsh, just like when we fought in the kitchen. As Xiaoling was announcing these things, I couldn't tell what kind of mood she was in. Although it had already been a month since the incident, I was still unable to accept it. As someone formerly addicted to the bottle, I had actually stopped drinking. It wasn't that I had turned over a new leaf and quit drinking of my own accord. Rather, I didn't dare touch booze as, once I did, I would remember Zhao's face. That evening, we had drunk too much and Zhao fell into the briny lake. By the time someone found him, there were deposits of salt flowers all over his face and his eyeballs were covered in a fine layer of white as if the salt had acquired a life of its own. After just one glance, I threw up all the booze I had imbibed the night before. Hot. It burned all the way up. My vomit slowly seeped deep into the salty earth, forming a filthy little pool that looked like the mouth of some mythical monster opened ferociously wide. I didn't dare take another look, thinking this beast might leap up and devour me. Now Ting wanted to come see me, Somewhat excitedly, he said he wanted to see the legendary salt lake. Looking at the dazzling whiteness all around me, I couldn't see what was so wonderful about it. Of course, I was still happy to see Ting again after so many years. He had been my high school classmate. None of us performed well in the exams, so our teacher put us in the back row of the classroom. 
we hold up there during class and were always the forgotten ones. Now that I think of it, it was then that my stoop actually started developing. Ting had a better temperament than I did. He never had low esteem and didn't take being shown the cold shoulder very seriously. In class, if he wasn't spacing out, then he was drawing something. I remember he once drew the profile of a female classmate that was very lifelike. Too bad I forget her name. Ting must have had a secret crush on her. When he was drawing, I would hide off to the side, composing my lyrics. I knew a little about the cipher system and musical notation and would hum a melody in my head. Then I would seek apt phrases, often writing only one or two lines before class was over. Everyone would then run around making a racket, and my composing would have to cease. I thus yearned for a quiet classroom. Many years later, in the vast expanse of these salt flats, I now have calm day and night. Yet, I have not produced a single lyric. My fate was thus sealed. When I discovered that there wasn't even a minor tune in my inner being, I started to drink too much. It was Zhao who led me down this path. No matter how late, he only had to knock on my window and I would don my clothes and run out with him. We would drink tenuen bottles of barley wine, usually without anything to eat with it. One bottle each, toasting and drinking together. And once the bottles were finished, we would then basically pass out. I would always be surprised to discover myself lying in bed at home the next day. I could never remember how I got back home, but my shoes were neatly arranged at the foot of the bed with the tips facing out like a convoy of warships primed and ready in the harbour. Initially, I thought Xiaoling had helped me to arrange them, but later I discovered that even if Xiaoling had returned to her parents' home, my shoes would still be all neatly laid out like this. This was the only thing that made me believe others when they said that I could never get drunk. Actually, I would already be drunk. It's just that neither others nor myself could tell it. Sometimes thinking this way would terrify me, as if there was someone else inside me and my real self was just living in a place of that entity. When this self lost consciousness, the other entity would come out and take control of my life. You have been listening to The Sound of Salt Forming, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author, Wang Weilian, was born in 1982 in Haiyan County, Qinghai Province. He graduated from Sun Yat-sen University in 2004 with a degree in anthropology. His major works include the novel The Rescued, novellas The Law Trilogy, The Inside Face, A Man Without Fingerprints, and The Second Person, as well as short stories Upside Down Life and Resignation. I no longer drank, but my life had not gotten any better as a result. The cold war between Xiaoling and me had gotten more difficult to take. We would often recline in bed, glowering at each other, squabbling, then both stare off blankly, the TV in the dining room still on, the volume empty, like our lives. In the living room, however, we rarely fought because we were both watching TV. Before, when I used to drink, I never had to worry about sleeping. The longest I ever slept was one day and one evening before I awoke. But after stopping drinking, I actually developed insomnia. 
No matter how worn out I got during the day, in bed at night, I could only fall asleep after tossing and turning for several hours. One evening I couldn't take it any longer. After going to the bathroom to take a leak, I went into the kitchen and downed a bottle of cooking wine, then lay on the bed and fell asleep in a fog. In the morning, I awoke, startled by a nightmare. I had dreamed that Jao was standing on the salt flats, snow fluttering in the air, the world a vast expanse of white, permeated by a biting chill. Cheers, brother, he called. White bits of salt or snow peeled off his face, revealing a putrid black. For an entire week, I was unable to eat, a wrenching pain deep in my psyche. Not wanting to have any more nightmares, I preferred to suffer from insomnia. I'll say it again, Ting was coming to see me. I was still happy, and the more I thought about it, the happier I became. I decided to take a few days off, stay in town, and live it up with him. Ting had asked me to purchase tickets to Laza for him the day after tomorrow. Standing at the train station window, I hesitated a moment, then purchased tickets for five days later. I phoned him and said, Tickets for the day after tomorrow are all sold out. You'll have to stay here a few extra days. Ting actually replied right away, That's fine, we brothers can hang out together more. I cleaned up the entire place, cleared out the living room and prepared the bedding. Ting had mentioned two of them. I inferred from what he said that the other was a woman and didn't inquire any further. Xiaoling felt curious about my expression and asked me several times, Is Ting a good friend of yours? How come I haven't heard you mention him before? I replied, You haven't heard me mention others either, except for a few colleagues. Xiaoling nodded, still not pleased judging from the look on her face. When will you finally be able to tell me everything? You don't trust me at all. How is this at all related to trust? I hardly even think of him myself, I said. She shook her head. You, you really are ruthless. I didn't utter a word. I know that I'm not a ruthless person. What does this ting do? Xiaoling suddenly blurted out. I heard he works in a coal mine back home. Ting and I had not been in touch for some time, and it seemed that for quite a while things really had been so. A coal miner? Hardly. Most likely some administrative job. I was making this up. Even I could get by as a technician, so why not Ting? It seemed this friend of yours isn't doing so well, Xiaoling added scornfully, then went off to the market to buy some groceries. Xiaoling is the most attractive woman in our plant. When I say this, I'm not being in the least proud, because there are only ten women there. I cannot forget the way she looked at me the first time I saw her. She was dragging a heavy suitcase, her face flushed after getting off the bus. It was as if a sun had suddenly appeared in the midst of the surrounding desolation. I immediately fell in love with her. This type of love has an element of utility, as I yearn to win her, no matter what, then marry her and have children. The chances of meeting a good woman hereabouts were about as remote as finding a patch of green vegetation. Perhaps it was fate that she was assigned to my work team with ample opportunity to interact. But, from the start, I knew she would be hard to get. Her large eyes were always sad. Even if Sun and Li were grinning and cracking jokes, Xiaoling would remain sullen. She had not even given me a second look. I understood her state of mind. In the beginning, I had been the same. The light on the salt flats made my eyes smart badly, 
Often, I couldn't control my tears, unable to figure out whether I was really hurt or sad at times. Jao would say to me, When spring comes, it will be better. Then the sandstorms will cover up this whiteness. When the spring sandstorms really hit, I hid under the covers and cried my heart out. I had never seen a spring like it. That brownish, yellow sandstorm turned this place into a hellhole. You have been listening to The Sound of Salt Forming, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author, Wang Weilian, was born in 1982 in Haiyan County, Qinghai Province. He graduated from Sun Yat-sen University in 2004 with a degree in anthropology. His major works include the novel The Rescued, novellas The Law Trilogy, The Inside Face, A Man Without Fingerprints, and The Second Person, as well as short stories Upside Down Life and Resignation. Ting called and said he had already arrived, so I rushed down the stairs to go meet him. Even though it had been some years since we had last seen each other, I could still recognize him at a glance. His chubby, round face still had that indifferent smile. Standing next to him was a girl in a short black skirt. She had long hair draped over her shoulders and was wearing sunglasses. I couldn't make out her face, although my feeling about her was good. Ting and I hugged warmly, and he introduced the girl to me as his girlfriend. Jinjing, you haven't got married yet. I blurted out. No, not yet. He said, smiling. His smile implied much and made me acutely conscious of the utter boredom of my own life. I brought them over to our place, and near the staircase, we ran into Xiaoling, who was returning from buying groceries. I said to Ting, "This is my wife, Xiaoling." Ting eagerly snatched the produce from Xiaoling's hands and exclaimed, "Sister-in-law!" We're putting you to so much trouble with this visit. Xiaoling properly replied, "No trouble at all. We were just concerned you wouldn't come." After going inside, we showed Ting and his girlfriend around the rooms one by one as they signaled their approval through pleasantries. They then settled down on the sofa. Jinjing immediately took off her sunglasses. Her beauty was like a sharp dagger, stabbing me the instant it came out of its sheath. Flustered, I poured them both tea. Then sat down next to Ting. I looked around our apartment and thought that, after going to great pains to make it look presentable, it now suddenly looked dull. You haven't been in touch for some time. You're not working at the coal mine. I couldn't help asking. Nah, I couldn't stand it, so I split. Ting said casually. Well, what are you doing now? I asked curiously. I'm painting, he said with a smile as he looked at me. Remember, I always liked to paint. Of course, I remember. I said, nodding energetically. Ting squinted and fell back into his reverie. When I was working in the coal mine, the darkness would suffocate me. During the day, one would always be in the pitch black underground. Then, coming back up to the surface at night, it would still be dark. At times, I wondered if I might go blind. Then one day I started painting again, and I saw a profusion of colors. It was like a man about to die of thirst, drinking a big glass of water. 
I used the brightest colors to paint, determined to paint the most colorful painting. Several hundred meters underground, whenever there was a break, I would paint. I would paint gorgeous works that were unique. My co-workers were really excited, more excited than when they were discussing girls on any given day. Ting rattled on, his entire being becoming spirited. The atmosphere in the room livened up as if old friends were reunited. Since you put it that way, were you really mining coal then? I blurted out. I had no idea how to respond to his painting. Yeah, really. My dad mined coal his whole life. His lungs were messed up for a long time, but he still made me go do it. In my dad's eyes, I couldn't do anything else. Good thing you can paint. Yeah, good thing I can paint. At this point in the conversation, there was a brief pause. Ting was reminiscing about the past, and this made me feel even more despairing of my current life. Xiaoling finished stir-frying the first dish, brought it out, and asked us to go ahead and start eating. Jinjing stood up. Let me help. Xiaoling waved her off repeatedly, but was unable to dissuade her, so they disappeared into the kitchen together. I stared at their backs, which were turned toward me. I felt bad about myself on account of Xiaoling. I'm not sure when this feeling started, but I realized for the first time that Xiaoling didn't care much about her appearance any longer. From behind, she appeared so utterly bloated, like a nanny coming to the city to look for work. This made me feel hurt and embarrassed. I didn't dare look over at Ting and headed straight for the cabinet in the living room. Taking out a bottle of liquor, I said to him, It's a rare occasion to meet again. Let's drink up as brothers. With furrowed brow, a shadow swept across his eyes, but he eventually nodded and replied, Okay. It is indeed odd that two guys who clearly did not want to drink insisted on drinking. But in my head was a stubborn voice demanding that I had to do this. At nearly the same instant, Xiaoling and Jinjing shot a glance of concern in our direction. But Ting and I were forcing ourselves, with determined smiles, to throw back our first drink. They looked away, without saying a word. You have been listening to The Sound of Salt Forming, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author, Wang Weilian, was born in 1982 in Haiyan County, Qinghai Province. He graduated from Sun Yat-sen University in 2004 with a degree in anthropology. His major works include the novel The Rescued, novellas The Law Trilogy, The Inside Face, A Man Without Fingerprints, and The Second Person, as well as short stories Upside Down Life and Resignation. After lunch, I arranged for them to take a siesta. I sat on the sofa watching TV. Xiaoling was in the kitchen taking care of the mess. I don't know why, but I thought of our child. That child who never made it into this world. It had been an afternoon like this. Xiaoling was in the kitchen washing dishes and had blurted out that her lower abdomen hurt. 
Wasting no time, I helped her downstairs, then called a cab to rush her to hospital. We were still too late. Miscarriage. I experienced the world sensorially. This was a death one could not see. A sudden blow. Salin cried. She cried so abjectly, though silently. I was heartbroken. Through gritted teeth, she muttered, I know it was caused by this saline land. Do you know that for sure? I asked. No need to look. Is there any sign of life for miles except for us? Just then, the door of the living room opened suddenly. Ting came out. <sighs> I can't go to sleep, he said through a yawn. What's up? I asked. He took a look outside. Too bright. How come it's so bright? How could it not be bright? More than 3,000 meters above sea level here, I replied. Dejected, Ting sat on the sofa. I used to detest darkness, but after fleeing from the mine, I think fondly of the darkness, like a mole. During the daytime, I pull the curtains in my room and stay there to paint in the dark. Smiling, I replied, Welcome to my world, an overly bright one. Ting closed his eyes and laughed, his whole body convulsing as if it received a shock. I went over and pulled the curtains to the living room shut. The room darkened, yet that intense light was still able to penetrate through the tiny gaps. How would it feel to remain in the darkness throughout the year? I could not imagine it. Is it true that the salt mine where you're at is the largest in the country, as I've heard? Ting asked. Not just the country, it's possibly the largest in the world, I said, mocking myself. Suddenly Ting got excited. Take me there for a look around. You mean now? Ting nodded, lifted up his arm and looked at his watch. It's still early. The mine can't be far away. By car, it's more than an hour. I really didn't want to go. I had just returned from there this morning. But I couldn't really say that, especially seeing the anticipation on his face. Do you commute back and forth every day? Nah, sometimes I'm too tired and stay at the plant. There's a dorm there. Must be difficult. It's okay, I'm a technician. With a smile, Tin commented, Back in the day, I remember you were pretty good at chemistry. Really? I couldn't actually remember. I just remember that my grades were nothing special in any area of study. Ultimately, I got lucky on the entrance exams and was accepted by a professional school. But Ting had quit school on the eve of the entrance exams. He told me that he had already completely lost confidence. So it turns out that behind his unflappable demeanor, internally he had long since caved in. Was it really necessary to bring up these things from the past again today? What you just heard was the first part of the story, The Sound of Salt Forming, from the book under the same name, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. Join us again next time on A Light on Literature for the second part of the story. See you next time.
You have been listening to The Sound of Salt Forming, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author, Wang Weilian, was born in 1982 in Haiyan County, Qinghai Province. He graduated from Sun Yat-sen University in 2004 with a degree in anthropology. His major works include the novel The Rescued, novellas The Law Trilogy, The Inside Face, A Man Without Fingerprints, and The Second Person, as well as short stories Upside Down Life and Resignation.